Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with Find Rest in Jesus as we pick up in Isaiah chapter 28, verse 12. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Paul the Apostle in writing to the Corinthian church about the abuse of the gift of tongues. As he speaks to them of this gift of tongues, he picks out this little verse and says, this is what God was talking about when in Isaiah he said, for with stammering lips and another tongue will I speak to this people, and this is the rest wherewith I will cause the weary to rest. Interesting. Paul picks that out and interprets that as a reference or a prophecy of the gift of speaking with other tongues that God would pour out upon the church and that the gift of speaking in tongues would be a restful experience to those who exercised it. This is the rest wherewith I will cause the weary to rest. And so it would be a very restful experience to those who would exercise the use of that gift. Very interesting, very fascinating. And I have found that in my own devotional life, when I have a problem and I don't know how to pray over a particular situation, or I have a problem and I want to praise God and I feel a total inadequacy in English, that as I begin to praise the Lord in the Spirit or I begin to pray in the Spirit, that it is such a restful experience. And I just find great rest in it. There's great peace in it. And um, so Paul picks this out as as a prophecy concerning those that would exercise that gift in their personal devotional life, that it would be just a restful experience. And then he gets right back into the subject again. But the word of the Lord was unto them, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little, that they might go and fall backward and be broken and snared and taken. In other words, it was so simple that they would stumble over it. They wouldn't hear it. They wouldn't obey it. And thus they would be snared and taken. Wherefore, hear the word of the Lord, ye scornful men that rule the people. And it not only is the Samaria, but now in Jerusalem. Because you have said, we have made a covenant with death and with hell, we are, in, we are at agreement. And with the overflowing scourge shall pass through, it will not come to us, for we have made lies our refuge, and under falsehood we have hid ourselves. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation, and he that believeth shall not make haste. Judgment also will I lay to the lion, and righteousness to the pulmon, and the hail shall sweep away the refuge of lies, and the water shall overflow the hiding place, and your covenant with death shall be disannulled, and your agreement with hell shall not stand. When the overflowing scourge shall pass through, then it's, you will be trodden down by it. You may say, 
well, you know, we've made an agreement with hell and, or death and we're in agreement with hell. It's not going to touch us. You know, you warn us, you say, it's not going to hit us, you know. And made refuge your lies, but God's going to sweep away your refuges. And the judgment shall come and you'll be overthrown by it. But in the midst of it, the Lord has set for a foundation a stone a tried stone, a precious cornerstone. That's a sure foundation. That's something that won't let you down. That's something you can rest in. The sure foundation that God has established, Jesus Christ, the precious cornerstone, which was set up not by the builders, but the Lord has made it, made him the chief cornerstone. Now, these people are mocking the prophet. They said, hey, man, don't, you know, try to scare us with hell. We've got a covenant with hell. We've got an agreement. We've made a covenant with death, and we're in agreement with hell. It doesn't bother us. The prophet says your covenant's not going to stand. It's going to be broken. For he said, your bed is shorter than what you can stretch yourself upon it, and your Coverings are narrower than what you can wrap yourself in it. There are people who like to mock God and like to scoff at the warnings of God. There are people who seek to find rest in philosophy. There are people who seek to find rest in religion. There are people who are seeking rest in liquor, in pleasure. There are people who are seeking rest in in prosperity. But of all of these things, it must be said, the bed is too short and the blankets are too narrow. You can't find real rest in these things. You'll never find satisfaction in prosperity. You'll never find peace in pleasure. There's only one place of real rest and peace, and that is in the sure foundation that God has set, the precious cornerstone Jesus Christ. The only place you'll ever really find rest is resting in Jesus, in his finished work for your salvation. You'll never find rest in religion. Now, here he speaks about the religious leaders getting drunk and thus not seeing clearly their judgment perverted. I think that drinking among the clergy is an abomination. Paul said, to Timothy, that if a man was to be an overseer in the church, that he was not to be given to wine. And I think that that applies to every minister of God. God said to Moses, when Aaron and his sons come in before the altar, make sure that they haven't been drinking, for they must be clean who bear the vessels of the Lord. There's an intimation that the two sons of Aaron that were killed by the fire of God that came out of the altar were killed because they were uh, a little under the influence when they saw the fire and got all excited. Everybody was shouting and they grabbed the little incense burners and took the coals off the fire and began to offer strange fire to God. The fire of God came out from the altar and consumed them. Their judgment was twisted because of their drinking. And thus the warning came after that. And after the death of the two sons, the word of the Lord came to Moses saying, go unto Aaron and say unto him, tell your sons and all that when they come in before the Lord, that they're not to be drinking. 
God doesn't want any service out of false stimulation, false fire. So today, people are find, trying to find rest in, in religious experiences. And it is a tragedy that there are churches that will tell you that you can rest in your infant baptism. You don't have to worry about being saved. Were you baptized when you were a baby? Why, that's all it takes. You were saved when you were baptized. The bed's too short. You can't rest in that. It takes more than having water sprinkled in your face and words mumbled over you when you were a child to save you. It takes an active, believing, trusting faith in Jesus Christ to bring salvation. He that believeth shall find the rest. He'll not be making haste or in frenzy. Those who tell you that you had an emotional experience 25 years ago, you came forward at an altar call and you wept that that emotional experience is sufficient. You were saved. I don't care what happened to you 25 years ago. I want to know what is your present relationship with God. You can't be saved by past experiences. You are being saved by your present relationship with him. Past experiences are just that, past experiences, unless they have been transmitted into my present relationship. Paul the Apostle speaks of his experience on the Damascus Road, saying those things which were gained to me, I counted loss. He was writing 30 years later to the Philippians. I counted them loss. There on the Damascus Road, the whole past, man, it's junk. And he said, yea, doubtless I do count them. 30 years later, as I'm writing to you now, those old things which were once gained to me, which I counted lost on the road to Damascus, I still count them but refuse that I may know him. But you see, a lot of people 25 years ago counted the old life as loss when they came to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. But then in the meantime, they've gone right back and they're living the old life. They're not serving the Lord. They're not walking with Jesus. They're not living in the spirit. You ask them about their salvation. Oh, I had the most glorious experience. I felt this glorious peace and this wonderful warmth that came all over me, you know, and a tingling down my spine. And, and I just sat there and wept before the Lord. Well, what about, no, oh, well, you know, I haven't been to church for years and I really don't see any need of, of having Christ in your life because after all, I had that glorious experience then. Oh, no. You can't rest in some past experience. You need a vital living relationship with Jesus today. Jesus said, abide in me and let my words abide in you. For if any man abides not in me, he is cut off, cast forth like a branch, and is withered. Men gather them together and cast them into the fire. Abide in me and let my words abide in you. So he goes on, for the Lord shall rise up as in Mount Parism. That's where David at Mount Parism smote the Philistines and called the place Parism because God made a breach there against the Philistines. He shall be wroth as in the valley of Gibeon. That's where Joshua said, son, stand still, in order that they might have enough time to wipe out their enemies. That he may do his work, his strange work, and bring to pass his acts and his strange acts. Now, therefore, be ye not mockers, lest your bands be made strong. For I have heard from the Lord God of hosts a consumption even determined upon the whole earth. Give ear, hear my voice, hearken to my speech. 
Doth not the plowman plow all day to sow? In other words, hasn't God made all of this preparation and will he not go ahead and carry the thing through? And the whole idea is, yes, God will carry the whole thing through. Chapter 29, the woe unto Jerusalem. Ariel means the Lion of God. It is one of the names for Jerusalem. Woe to Ariel, to Ariel, the Lion of God, the city where David dwelt. Add ye year to year. Let them kill the sacrifices. Yet I will distress Ariel, and there shall be heaviness and sorrow, and it shall be uh, unto me as Ariel. I will camp against thee round about. I will lay siege against thee with a mount. I will raise the forts against thee. Talking about the coming Assyrian invasion. For thou shalt be brought down and thou shalt speak out of the ground and thy speech shall be low in the dust and so forth. Moreover, the multitude of thy strangers shall be like the small dust and the multitude of the terrible ones is the chaff that passes away. For thou wilt be visited of the Lord of hosts with thunder and an earthquake, great noise, with storm and a tempest, a flame and a devouring fire, and the multitude of all the nations that fight against Ariel, even all that fight against her and her munition and distress her shall be as a dream of the night vision. It shall be even as when a hungry man dreams, and he dreams that he is eating, and then he wakes up, and he's, his soul is still empty. Or when a thirsty man is dreaming, he drink, dreams that he's getting a drink of water, but he wakes up, and his soul still is faint, and he has appetite. So shall the multitude of the nations be that fight against Mount Zion. Stay yourselves and wonder. Cry ye out and cry. They are drunken, but not with wine. They stagger, but not with strong drink. For the Lord hath poured upon them the spirit of a deep sleep and hath closed your eyes, the prophets and your rulers and the seers he has covered. And so the lethargy, the spiritual blindness that has overcome the people. Here they are living in the uh, shadow of the coming judgment, but blind to the fact, even as is much the case today. The world is living really under the shadow of this great judgment of God, and yet they seem to be so blind to it. For God said the people are drawing, verse 13, drawing near to me with their mouth and with their lips they are honoring me, but their heart is far from me, and the fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. Therefore... Behold, I will proceed to do a marvelous work among this people, even a marvelous work and a wonder. For the wisdom of the wise men shall perish, and the understanding of the prudent men shall be hid. Woe unto them that seek deep to hide their counsel from the Lord, and the works that are in the dark that say, Who sees us and who knows us? Surely your turning of things upside down shall be esteemed as the potter's clay. For the work shall say of him that made it, He made me not. Or shall the thing framed save him that framed it? He hath no understanding. Here Isaiah shows again in this figure of the potter and the clay how that it is so ridiculous for man, the clay, to say to the potter, he didn't make me. I evolved. <laughs> to say of God, well, God doesn't have any understanding. That's ridiculous. How can you look at the human body and say that God doesn't have any understanding. The intricate system of the human body, the bloodstream, and just take that alone, the heart and, and the bloodstream, and how can you say that God 
has no understanding. The nervous system and its functions, the brain and the messages that it codes and, and sends and so forth and decodes. And how can you say that God has no understanding or that God didn't make me? And yet here we listen to these little bits of intellectual clay <laughs> boasting against God, against the Creator, exalting themselves and their own intellectual prowess. How stupidly ridiculous. At the end of the chapter here, he talks about God's going to crack the clay pots. <laughs> Is it not yet a very little while, and Lebanon shall be turned into a fruitful field, and the fruitful field shall be esteemed as a forest? And in that day shall the deaf, and now again, God's glorious day that is coming, the day when the deaf will hear the words of the book and the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity and out of darkness. The meek also shall increase their joy in the Lord for the meek shall inherit the earth. And the poor among men shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel for the terrible one has been brought to nothing. The scorner has been consumed, and all that watch for iniquity have been cut off, that make a man an offender for a word, and lay a snare for him that reproves in the gates, and turns aside the just for a thing of nothing. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, who redeemed Abraham, concerning the house of Jacob, Jacob shall now be ashamed, neither shall his face wax pale. But when he sees his children, the work of my hands, in the midst of him, they shall sanctify my name and sanctify the Holy One of Jacob and fear the God of Israel. They also that erred in spirit shall come to understanding, and they that murmured shall learn doctrine. Woe unto the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel, but not from me, and that cover with a covering, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to their sin. Now, these people, the judgment was coming. They knew that Assyria was marching, but rather than turning to God for counsel and for help, they were sending ambassadors down to Egypt to make a mutual defense pact with Egypt so that they could hire the Egyptians to come and to help defend them against the Assyrians. But the prophet said it's stupid to call on Egypt for help because Assyria is going to wipe out Egypt. But Assyria is not going to wipe out you. Now, your strength is just to stand still and do nothing but trust in the Lord. And woe unto those that are seeking counsel, but not from God. Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. People today are seeking counsel but not from God. There are many of them going to ungodly psychiatrists who are filled with humanism and Freudism, and they are giving you the garbage and charging you $100 an hour for garbage. That's ridiculous. Woe unto those that take counsel, but not from God, that seek to find a covering, but not from the Spirit, that go down to Egypt and have not asked from God. They seek to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh, and they trust in the shadow of Egypt. But there's no real substance to Egypt. It's a shadow. It's going to decline. It's going to fall. 
Therefore shall the strength of Pharaoh be your shame, and your trust in the shadow of Egypt will only bring you confusion. For the princes were there at Zon, and the ambassadors, they came to Hanes, the major cities of Egypt in that day. And they were all ashamed of the people that they could not profit them, nor be able to help nor profit but a shame and also a reproach and the burden of the beast of the south to the land of trouble and anguish from whence come the young and the old lion, the viper, the fiery flying serpent, and they carry their riches on the shoulders of the young donkeys and their treasures upon the bunches of camels and to a people that shall not profit them. For the Egyptians shall help in vain and to no purpose. Therefore have I cried concerning this, your strength is just to sit still. Now, this is what the prophet Isaiah kept telling Hezekiah. Don't worry about it. God's going to defend you. You don't have to worry about the Assyrians and their invasion because God is going to take care of you. You're not going to have to fight the battle. God is going to fight for you. Now, just trust in the Lord. And here he is saying, your strength is just to sit still and trust in God. We'll continue with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Isaiah on our next broadcast. As Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Isaiah 28-30 through 30 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is the Word for Today. P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord bless you and keep you as you have to go out and mix in that world. I pray that God will give you divine insulation by His Holy Spirit that will just sort of ward off all of the evil influences that are pointed in your direction that surround you daily when you're on the job or in your classroom or or, or just dealing with, with this corrupt system. I pray that God will just help you to keep your mind and heart fixed upon Him and that you'll look above the corruption of this world and that you'll be strengthened as we look to Him, our only hope, but who is our strength and our defense. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Want to know how to gain wisdom from God? then don't miss out on Wisdom for Today by Pastor Chuck Smith. Hi, this is Cheryl Broderson. Growing up, I had the wonderful privilege of spending every morning with my dad. And every morning he would impart to me just a little bit of God's wisdom. 
Now you can have that same opportunity if you pick up my father's devotional, Wisdom for Today. It's a 365-day trip through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, and each day ends with a special prayer incorporating what you learn into your heart. That's Wisdom for Today. I pray that you have a wonderful journey with my Father. The gift of wisdom is priceless. Be sure to order Wisdom for Today by Pastor Chuck Smith as a gift for yourself or for a friend. Call the Word for Today at 1-800-272-9673. That's 1-800-272-9673. Or to read a sample, visit thewordfortoday.org.